and welcome to another episode of Daters Gonna Date with me, Roisin. Once again, I am flying solo. Nicola, the bitch, she's still off on her travels. She's still enjoying herself and she's still out of contact. But again, I'm not alone today. Thank God. Uh, I am joined with, uh, it's Cork Girl, isn't it? You are originally from Cork, isn't it, Lulu? (laughs) Cork Girl, Lulu, uh, aka Dating in Berlin on Instagram, who has just just released your book, about At the end of October, yeah. End of October, released her book about dating in Berlin, and she's here to have a chat with us. Hello, welcome. Hello, how's it going? For anyone's listening or anybody who doesn't follow you yet, maybe just give them an idea, a little idea about yourself and, and maybe how your book came about. Right, well, I'm Lulu and I've been living in Berlin since 2015, and I've been dating since 2015. <laughs> And I've been finding it very difficult to find a healthy relationship in this city. It's very easy to find toxic ones. And so I really wrote this book out of frustration with the yeah. with the modern dating scene, not just in Berlin overall. And just to say, yeah, it, it is called dating in Berlin, but it is such a relative topic that you don't even have to have visited this city to relate to all of the stories. It's, you know, everyone is in the same boat, I think, these days, aren't we? Yeah, totally. I mean, I I know you, you mailed me, you sent me the PDF. And even just the start of it, I felt like super related about, related to you, like when you're talking about the romantic. Because I like to pretend, you know, I'm not super romantic, but I am a big old pile of gush, like <laughs> the exterior. Um, and I think for a lot of people that would strike a chord with a lot of people because a lot of us put up a front, but inside we're just looking for that one person. We're looking for that postcard. Perfect. For that simple life, aren't we? I mean, I don't want any more fuckboys in my life. I don't want to have, I don't, I wish I hadn't had to write this book, but it was because of, you know, frustration. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's what happens when you grow up watching fairy tales, right? That you're, you know, we're conditioned to think, oh, there is the one. And, you know, there might not necessarily be the one out there, but, you know, um, at least a long-term relationship that lasts quite a while. You know, I just, yeah. I need to find a bit of hope, <laughs> to be quite honest. Like. Yeah. And um, how did you find, like, before you obviously moved, were you dating at all in Ireland? Or, did, like, were you doing any dating before you moved abroad? Well, I moved abroad when I moved to Berlin when I was 26 and I'd been backpacking since I was 23 in Asia and Australia. So but before that, I'd had uh, two or three actual relationships in Ireland. And sure, like that was easy. Like, you know, it was so sweet. You'd meet them in a pub. You go on dates. I think on the first date with one of my boyfriends, we even held hands. Like it was weird. We were we were I think was so cute like but like that doesn't happen now and it probably doesn't happen in that same age group these days as well you know so back then it was easier to find relationships but now it's the problem of too much choice yeah and the over- and the over availability of sex in this city at least i don't know if it's like that in ireland but sure berlin is it's a it's a highly sexed up city which is great but it also yeah. has its own falls you know 
Yeah, I mean, I just recently went back on Tinder um, after the breakup and all last year. I just, just didn't feel like doing it. So started a new year and I was like, right, I'm going to get back into it. But I have already noticed, and I think I've been at not even a week, how sexually charged everyone is. And I'm just like, can you not just go out and annoy out and pick someone up? Like, why, why does the dating app have to be the place? And I, you know, made sure that my profile kind of had that I was looking for a relationship, you know, that I wasn't there for for that thing. And yet still, <laughs> still those kind of guys are engaging with me. Um, so, I mean, it's probably not as much as Berlin, but it's definitely here as well. Interesting. Like, and I mean, is it guys in their 30s and their 40s or is it like? Yeah, yeah. guys in their 30s and 40s. It, like yeah. the amount of, because uh, I, I went on Tinder because I just thought, simplicity for the first toe dip it's just very easy to set up a profile and it's just Mm -hmm. it's just easier not too much thought has to go into it and I'm shocked at the amount of guys in their late 30s 40s who have still figuring it out I'm putting this in air quotes guys um, Mm -hmm. as they're what they're looking for or looking for friends like I'm I'm truly truly outstanding by the amount I've seen no I have seen guys put down I'm looking for a long-term relationship so it is nice to see that there are people that but yeah I'm really shocked in to see in my age group because I'm in my late 30s seeing guys and it's just like at what point are you going to be ready for any sort of commitment or are you just never <laughs> Yeah, well, like, here's the thing. So there was a there was an article in the Psychology Today magazine recently, and it spoke about how there is the rise that that the, the number of single men is rising because women are choosing to not put up essentially like with with the lack of communication um, essentially that. Um, and so I, I think there are more single men out there now because women have higher standards for ourselves and we don't necessarily need babies we don't need to have that you know nuclear family unit and so is that what they say nuclear that sounds yeah wrong. i think that's the, the old <laughs> <term>. <laughs> um you know so i think that's another reason we as women are you know we have our careers now as well and we don't need to have someone to look after us um but yeah that's interesting that that's now overflowing into Ireland as well, because I had Berlin down as being like, you know, the Peter Pan city, Peter Pan syndrome, you stay young forever. And, and it's great. I mean, I love that vibe. I'm on that vibe too. I, I'm in my early thirties and I'm very content being single, but you know, and I'm not on the, t- on, on the dating apps at the moment. I need a break from them. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I would just like um, a partner. Yeah, you know, I'm not yeah. desperate for, but Jesus, is it so fucking difficult to find a guy <laughs> who's emotionally intelligent and who has his shit together some bit? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, mm. and, and it's interesting to hear that it is happening in other cities, not mm. just Ireland. That's horrific. I mean, it was interesting. I was speaking to Daisy from Blow Deck last week, and she was saying in London things just move very quick. There, mm. you only chat for a couple of days, you meet each other. And if you don't get on, you know, that's it. You just move on. And sometimes I wish we had a bit of that culture here in Ireland. Is it like that in Berlin? Like, or are you talking for people weeks on end before you get dates? Or is it a... It it depends on the person. For me, if I don't meet someone within a day or two, you tend to forget about them. Um, And, you know, I I do not text someone for more than a few days because I'm not going to want to interact with someone who I don't know. I mean, if I don't know what their personality is really like, because we also have this issue of, 
we, we conjure up images of how someone is based on how they're texting, if they have the banter through text and how their photos look. And I haven't been catfished too many times, but I remember a couple of years back, actually just as Corona started, I was chatting with this really hot guy and he had banter back and forth and he wasn't Irish or English. So I was actually kind of surprised that he had so much banter. And so I was so excited to meet him. And I met him and yeah, he looked stunning. He was the same physically, but my God, he was a mute. He was like just silent. And I was like, fuck, why am I wasting my time with this? You know, it was so disappointing. So like since that day, that really opened up my, um, like I I realized, oh, actually I'm not going to waste any more time talking to strangers because at the end of the day, they are strangers and you can almost tell a stranger too much about yourself, too many secrets. uh, Yes. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 so so true, and I'm I'm trying not to get into too many of my stories because I want to uh, tell Nicola how my tindering has been going, and I want mm-hmm. to get her natural reaction. But I have been very shocked by some of the things the men are informing me of, and I'm like, I don't even know what your job title is, and you are telling me uh, private things about you. And you notice that like they'd come off. So uh, what was it? It was um, there was a lad recently that said something really vulgar to me online, and I was like, I bet you wouldn't actually say that to a woman's face. No. In 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 real life, you know. So they think that they can kind of get away with this creepy charm, air quotes, you know. Yeah. And I think yeah, it's it's wild. So I go, I steer off from Tinder. I have no interest in that. I would recommend going for the other ones where it does actually take time to fill in details because you yeah. might actually get a better reaction from people. Not, I mean, I mean, they're all kind of the same at the end of the day, but for me, I, I find Tinder's is so quick and easy that maybe we are just finding the quick and easy. On yeah, Tinder, no, you know? I would agree. It probably wouldn't have been, and in fairness, I did put it to the listeners, which one I should do first. And everybody seemed more leaning towards Hinge. There wasn't much in it now, mm-hmm. to be fair. Um, But I think maybe just while I'm still in my dipping my toe back into life um because because mm-hmm. I, I i don't think genuinely i don't think i'll get anything serious out of tinder but that's actually fine because i'd rather have one or two or three dates and get myself back into the saddle yeah fair enough and then be ready to kind of like really try properly with you know preferably some some genuine people who might be on hinge or bumble but are, are there any like other like specific like german like uh dating plans or is it the same main ones that you we see everywhere oh there might be german specific ones but i don't tend to date germans okay. um and, and you know you, you mentioned hinge and i immediately remember that i downloaded hinge at a fucking wedding uh, <laughs> oh god oh god so I was at a wedding in Berlin and I thought, yeah, it'd be a great, you know, chance out to kind of meet a few people and whatnot. And it was the guy sitting across the table from me being like, have you heard of Hinge? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Downloaded it. I was like, wow, it's come to this, guys, you know? Yeah. But no, the, the, the apps are all the same here as well. There's also another one. Um, I can't remember now off the top of my um, head, but there's one specific for um, sex, like oh, for nice. certain kind of things and things like that. But I'd say it hasn't made its way to Ireland yet. <laughs> Look, there's probably someone only willing to bring that, bring that up. But even still at that, you'd still get the same creeps on Tinder and Hinge looking for sex. I I mean, I can't quite wrap my head around it. I don't know. You could just easily surely go out 
on a Friday's early night and pick someone up if you're... A- but do people do that in Ireland? Do people still actually talk to strangers? Because when I was in college, I would go into Reardon's in Cork. People who are listening from Cork now would know Reardon's very well. And you could go in and talk to anyone. Like, you'd be shit-faced. Anyway, I could pull left, right and centre, you know? Yeah. And then, but maybe that's because I used to be really fucking drunk when I would do that. But, um, you know, but as I've got older... Um, I mean, I go to Ireland a couple of times a year and I, I still go to the pubs and stuff, but I don't know if it, is it the same thing? Do people still go up to you and have a... Like, I, I have to be honest, like, and maybe it's a getting older thing as well. Um, I probably wouldn't really in Dublin unless I was like, because often now when I'm going out, and again, it might be an age thing, but often when I'm going out, I maybe I haven't seen the people you know, that I'm going out with for a while. Some of them might be married, have kids, etc. Mm-hmm. Some of them are in relationships. Some of them don't live near me anymore. And so, like, I'm actually so enveloped in just, like, having a crack with my actual friends Um, that half the time I'm not arse talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. Now, if anybody's listened to our previous episodes, no, me and Nicola went to the podcast awards, went on the absolute lash and started talking to loads of lads we met in Ryan's that night. So it's not beyond the realm of possibilities. Personally, I find myself that I tend to be more open to conversation if I'm not in Dublin. And maybe it's just the fear. Interesting, that, yeah. You know, if you're rejected or something, you, you won't see the person again. Mm. It doesn't really matter. There's no risk element to it, if you want to put it that way. Sometimes I think I'm a bit more ballsy when I'm not in my life. Is it because you get into holiday mode? Because I know when I go abroad, I talk to anyone because I know this isn't my normal place to be. So, you know, even when I went to Hamburg one time with, with some friends, I was more chatty because I've lost my abilities to, you know, smile at strangers and do the small talk <laughs> now in Berlin, honestly. Yeah. When you're here eight years, it, it really, um, it changes you a bit. You know, I mean, I've tried my Irish one-liners on people and they're like, sorry, I don't know what you're saying. And I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, so, um, but when I do leave um, Berlin, I am in holiday mode. And so that's what I, um, when I was researching for my book, mm-hmm. someone wrote about that. They were like, get into holiday mode in your own city and pretend that you don't know what direction the bus is going. Have a bit of small talk. You know, I, yeah. I, Irish I miss Irish people so much, like, you know. <laughs> I know it's true. Back there, but I miss them. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is true. I also think maybe a little bit to play with is COVID slightly in a way, because just the isolation of not having the normal crack for quite a while. I, I think you notice it, not with everyone now, but I definitely think you notice that some people are still a bit like, how do, we, how do I talk to yeah, I've kind of forgot comfortable being alone. Yeah, yeah. The social cues are kind of like slightly missing. I, 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 I do, yeah. Um, but that's interesting. You were saying about what you read and when you put it into your book because I do think it's a holiday mode thing. It also depends who I'm with, you know, because sometimes you're with certain friends and they're trying to be wing womans and you're like, please, please, please stop. I, I <laughs> don't, don't do it. And then there's other gals that I'm friends with that I love when they do it because they just they do it in a way that suits me as opposed to somebody grabbing me yanking me over to somebody and be like have you seen this fella I'm like I want to, I want to die um it's so like the days in the disco do you remember that exactly you shoulder you meet my friend <laughs> you shake me bait absolutely not <laughs> but um I suppose tell us about a We'll get the good and the bad, right? The good and the bad experience. So uh, is there any like really woeful dates that you've had that uh, 
that uh, really impacted you, let's just put it that way. Well, I'm sure you read in, in the book that I sent you about the time that I went on a date with a guy uh, from Tinder in Berlin here. And he told me, so he basically told me when I asked him, had he ever been to jail? He went on a, he answered a few questions and he said, then the next question I said to him was, uh, so I said, have you been to jail? He said, yes. He told me the amount of time he was in jail. And I said, when did you get out last? He told me I'm out on good behavior for manslaughter right now. Oh, and I was like, what did you do? And he said, I chopped a man's head off. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm not going to, I don't not believe you right now. He was quintessential bad boy. Like he had the whole, he had a slit tongue. He had like a gold tooth, a massive scar on his face. And he just looked, he was hot in his photos on Tinder. Oh, this is really? <laughs> the thing that I've learned. Yeah, you might look hot on your fucking photos, but then you come and tell me that you're a fucking axe murderer. Is not a word of a lie? I Googled him. After, oh God. after and his face came up on two newspaper articles this is not a lie I've been telling this since it happened in 2018 and actually I was going through some old Facebook messages with some friends recently who I, I had sent them the voice message because I needed <laughs> to remember everything I've been telling the story like constantly it really happened I actually went on a date with, a, with an axe murderer and obviously like as soon as he told me you know I started being like okay yeah maybe we should kind of like wrap this up and stuff and so I mean, I wasn't actually scared in the moment. I really wasn't. It was just words. And I knew where I was. And a friend of mine, also from Cork, he just happened to randomly walk in. Yeah. So when um, when I told, his name was Al, um, okay. air quotes, I told Al, come on, we'll go down, we'll get the train. And uh, so I said, I need to leave. And he said, cool, I'm getting the same train as you anyway. And I was like, isn't that great? He was going one way, I was going another. And when my train came first, I basically said goodbye to him and I ran along the platform. And in the middle of this platform, there's a big shop in the centre. So you wouldn't have seen me as I ran down the back of this train station. Right. To get away from him, just in case yes. he may have followed me home. Yeah. And that's when I went back into the bar, I told my friend about it, we Googled him, and yeah, he came up to newspaper articles, fucking axe murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you would think would there be some, I mean, I don't know how you'd do it, but you would assume they would have been banned from any dating apps. Although I don't know how on earth he could insert that function, but that is... That is <laughs> That's in, that's insane. That is. Yeah, it's mental and um, it just shows you like, OK, look, you can meet someone at a restaurant, at a fancy restaurant and they're, and they're an axe murderer as well. But like, OK, you don't you don't meet them often. It happens. But like, you don't know who you're meeting from online anyway. Like, you know what I mean? And uh, it spooked me for a month. And then after that, I was like, fuck that. I'm not going to let this mental case stop me from like continuing living my life. Do you know what I mean? But luckily, I never bumped into him again. So it's been fine. Ooh, did you have to block him or like on anything? I or? did. Oh, yeah. So the next day he texted me showing interest and I decided, well, fuck it. I'll either block him or I'll let him down gently and block him. So I decided to do that. So I messaged him saying, look, it was lovely meeting. You had a great time, but I just didn't feel a connection. I essentially just wanted to keep my head connected yes. to my shoulders, you know. <laughs> keep that <laughs> connection alive. <laughs> I need this one, you know. And, um, and his response was, oh, okay. Any specific reason? Like, I was just like, oh, no one has ever asked me that before. So now I know your fucking mental case. And I just responded saying something like, no, no, I didn't feel a connection. And he responded saying, okay, I guess my instincts were way off, lol. I was like, I like found him on found him on Instagram, blocked him there, found him in every place that I could. Sure, I'd say he's been extra, extradited back to the States now, hopefully. Um, 
So yeah, you'd never know. Like, <laughs> my God. So you were saying you don't, you don't, you know, not tend to go for German guys. So like, is Americans usually your type, or Irish and English for the banter, or is that? I don't have a specific region. I mean, I dated a guy from North Africa. He was great crack. Didn't think the Tunisians had the banter, I'll be honest. Yeah. Didn't, didn't know many Tunisians. He was great. He was brilliant until he wasn't. Um, but I just go for guys with banter. And, yeah. you know, yeah, they have to be somebody good looking. Do you know what I mean? But I'm yeah. not saying I don't I don't have a massive list of must have six pack blue eyes and blonde hair. If yeah. you're if I find you attractive, because everyone's got different tastes, if I find them attractive and they're funny, and they're decent human, then it's easy, right? But like, haven't managed to find them yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I know for longer than three months, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was here where I was thinking population's so much bigger in Berlin. There's got to be a ream of guys to choose from at all times. And it's just like, no, we're actually, we're not, none of us are living unique lives. We're all <laughs> living the same life, just in, in different locations with the well, same. That's what I said, right? So before I moved to Berlin, uh, I'd said it to my cousin and she said, uh, you won't find a relationship in Berlin. She met her husband in Turkey. Yeah. She said, you won't, you, it, people come to Berlin for a good time. And I, and I say this in the book, I said, look, I have found X amount of boyfriends in a city of 120,000 people. I for sure will have no problem finding a guy in a city of 4 million people. Yeah. But turns out she was very fucking right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it doesn't matter where you are. Do you know what I mean? But uh, I mean, look, I mean, I complain about it, but I have had great experiences from online dating as well. I mean, yeah. one of my closest friends we met on Tinder and through him, we're now like brother and sister and through him, I have so many friends. You know, your social circles do grow. Um, it, it has its ups and downs, but certainly when you when you have something in mind, it just seems to be very difficult to find. Yeah, yeah. You know? no, it is. And, it is. and like you were saying about that study, I do think uh, like my standards have changed the older I've gotten and like people are like oh you're just so picky and I'm like it's not even like pickiness it's it's mm-hmm. just like some guys are just lacking human decency to me to be quite frank um I don't think the list I would have would be quite like 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 you're saying I like someone who likes banter yeah there has to be an element of sexual attraction and stuff like mm-hmm. that but usually who I would paint as what I fancy that's not who I've ended up dating or had relationships no. with. So it doesn't really equate to anything anyway. But like humor and all that is way more important to me than kind of anything else. And then just, I suppose, I've been in relationships with people where I've been quite motherly and kind of, you know, help them along, say their journey uh-huh. of life. And I don't want to do that anymore. So that's like the big no-no for me now when I'm dating. I'm not going to invest or waste time. Like you're saying, you don't know these people. They are strangers. But I hate to say it, anybody maybe who has got issues and isn't taking care of themselves, fine if you're working on yourself and doing what needs to be done. But uh, definitely not going to be hand-holding anybody through uh for any more situations. And it can be very easy to hold someone's hand and want the better for them so that it can benefit your relationship as well. I mean, I, I've had that as well, but like, you just, we women are not rehabilitation centers for broken men. Yeah. We're not here to help, you know? And, I, you know, I mean, sure, we're here to help somebody. You can guide someone towards yeah. the right path, towards therapy maybe, but like, you know, yeah, it's very easy to mother. And maybe as Irish girls too, you know, like we all get it, like the whole Irish mammy thing and things, but it, it's it's not up to us. And this is what I'm saying. This is exactly about the report. Is like women aren't putting up with that shit anymore, you know? Yeah. 
Which is great as well. And so that's why I do find it easier to, to be single because, you know, you just don't have the stress of dealing with this kind of bullshit from, from fellows and stuff. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, I, I also go out on nights out now and whereas before it used to be all about going on the pull. I loved going on the pull. <laughs> but, like, I couldn't be bothered anymore. Like, it's so easy yeah. in, in Berlin as a woman to get sex. I could have them all lined up and I'm not even trying to be cocky about it. It's just the reality of the situation, yeah. you know. And because this is the disposable dating culture that we're also living in, you can just swipe and you can ghost and you can swipe and you can fuck and you can ghost. And, you know, it's yeah. just a constant, um, Just we're just doing constant laps of this bloody... Um, um, dating circuit and also the other thing is like I feel like the same as in that sense that like if I wanted sex I could just go out and get it but like the chances of meeting someone for the first time and the sex being any good uh, well I don't know what the people in Berlin are like but in Ireland like, <laughs> no, no, 9 out of 10 times you're probably going to be disappointed gal like, you know what I mean you're going to have to run through a lot of men to find one decent Shag. I think it's because I think for women we also like to trust the person we're having sex yeah. with and for them to understand who we are because like yeah so you have to be kind of careful with these things as well and did you um was there like a incident or something that happened that made you think I'm gonna write all this down or just like accumulation of you know thoughts and you thought actually this this could turn into a book I think I could actually make something of this or was it like a particular moment in time where you said oh my god I need to start writing this shit down well what had happened was I'd been going on so many dates for so many years and all my friends were like oh Lulu you should really like write a book and all this and I'm like sure I'm, I'm no writer what am I doing writing a book um, and then I met a lad who was finally restoring my faith in good men okay. he was he was a lovely guy he was really shy and quiet um and he just seemed decent. And then he sat me down one day. He brought me to a cafe for brunch. And he told me that he was actually seeing two other girls behind my back and he needed to come clean with me. And I was like, right, well, what made you finally come clean after two months of dating? He was like, well, you know, I went um, I went to a tarot card reader and she pulled out the cards. And one of them was a snake. And she said, uh, there's a snake in your life. You need to get rid of it. And he saw that as he was the snake because he hadn't told myself or the other two girls about each other. So I thought, well, you know, after he told me, I says, well, fuck you anyway. I didn't really cry about it. I, I was pissed off for a day or two. And then I just started writing it down because I've always actually um, kept diaries growing up. It's just a natural thing for me to write, to get everything on paper. And I started writing it and I basically didn't stop. And it actually, with my research for, like when I started the early research, I then actually realized, sadly, that I had been an abusive um, an, an emotionally abusive relationship four years previously. So oh this is the thing. I'd been through a lot um, on my first uh, year in Berlin. I'd actually met a guy. Um, within six days, we were in a relationship. And he was intense from the get-go. And I was loving it because I'd come from Ireland fresh off the boat. And I thought, yeah, yes. this is how it is in Ireland. You literally, you meet someone very quickly and then it all like pans out and everything's great. Yeah. And, um so I was with this lad, we'll call him Steve. Uh, I was with Steve for nine months and it was an emotional roller coaster. It was awful. He was uh, manipulating me, gaslighting me, love bombing me, you name it. it oh was, my God. And he was cheating on me, constantly lying. And I knew that he was lying and cheating on me, but I couldn't prove it. Sometimes though, there would have been messages from other women on his phone and I would see clearly and he's, he turned it on me being like, Lulu, no, you're reading this the wrong way. They're just friends, blah, blah, blah. And so I knew 
the whole relationship felt wrong. I had never grown up in, in a hostile environment, and but I couldn't um, I couldn't pinpoint what was going on. And so then, fast forward to when I met this other guy who I originally thought was was a good guy. Yeah, that's what made me start writing the book. I started. Um, my research brought me to learn that, and going to therapy, sorry, made me realize that I was in an, an emotionally abusive relationship. And that upset me because I realized, fuck, I didn't know any of this. So the whole point of actually writing this book is to educate people so people don't make the same mistakes that I've made. Because, like, luckily, you know, I could walk away from that relationship. There was no more. We didn't have a kid together or anything. But yeah. I got annoyed. I was just like, fuck, I didn't know what the word manipulation was until years later and we don't have emotional education in school no one knows anything about it and so you have to make all of these mistakes and sometimes it can end really fucking badly and if i had known what all of these things were i wouldn't have stayed in that relationship 100 yes. percent. I, I would have been able to immediately recognize all of his red flags and leave yeah you know yeah no and I that's what i mentioned in, in the book i have all of these red flags for for every guy that i've met so that people can learn yeah you know, Fucking schools aren't going to tell us, are they? No, no, absolutely not. Like it, it, it's actually incredible the amount of people I've met and talked to who have only realised, like after the fact, um, mm-hmm. of relationships they were in previously in the past, um, and and they've just copped. Oh, actually, no, and they can be from years ago, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and the realisation can only hit because maybe you meet someone else or you even meet someone who has a similar story and they tell you and they're like, oh, I was in a, an abusive relationship and you go, oh, wait a minute, but that that happened to me. Was I in an abusive mm-hmm. relationship? You know? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think especially for Irish people because our sex education, hope to God, is better now. But our sex education, all of that was quite still repressed even when I, you know, was growing up. Uh, I think I was like 14 or 15. They brought a nun in to our school. <laughs> a nun. Education. You know, we didn't really grow up with, with anything or the idea of consent or any mm-hmm. kind of element like that. Um, and uh, it's understandable that for a lot of people, we might not realise the danger we were in at, at the time until like you're older uh, and wiser. But the worst part of that is as well is if you don't know what you went through, you're still carrying all of that hurt and pain from that relationship. Because I was in a, like after we broke, like we we broke up because I went to the gynecologist and I learned that I got chlamydia and it was from him. And, um, you know, I was angry with myself for a good year because I was like, why did I let myself put up with all this shit when I knew that like the evidence was there in front of me, but I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't leave. And that that's a symptom of gaslighting. They make you think that you're losing your mind, that you're yes. going crazy, as, as they say. Um, and so I was angry with men for for years. I was angry with myself for not um, for not knowing better. And you know, it's only been since 2020, probably, yeah, when I started writing the book, that I was like, it wasn't about me. It was about yeah. him. And it's so important to not. Uh, let your self-esteem and your self-love be jeopardized because of someone else's fucking problems. Yeah, no. It's exactly. massive. You yeah. know, I mean, and this guy still pops into my head on like regular occasions. There, there's memories of him in the city, although I've never laid eyes on him since. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he'll stay with me forever, I'd say. And that sounds a bit morbid, but like, you know, he was a massive life lesson for me. And so I really just want to spread the word, you know, the gospel <laughs> according yeah. to you. Too know? right, too right. 
So God, you really went through the mill uh, with him. And I, like, I I wouldn't blame you now for being put off dating for life uh, after going through all that. But I think it's really brave, one, to like put yourself back out there, but just to write about your experiences, like for older people to read. Were you nervous about like friends or family seeing what happened? Not in the slightest. I've never been a, I, I've always been an oversharer. I've never had a problem with telling anyone anything about me. I have one sister who wouldn't tell anyone fucking anything. She's very, <laughs> herself, very tight. I, I am the youngest of three, so I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm a bit of an, not an attention seeker in a bad way, but yeah, I don't mind fucking telling people because I actually like to, I love meeting people because I want people to learn for me, I want to learn from them, you know, that that's how you learn anything is just from talking, you know. So, I mean, my parents read the book cover to cover and, yeah. you know, I mean, my my dad said it was very uncomfortable to read about what happened with you. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like my mother actually warned him. She said, do not read that book. And he was like, why is there loads of sex in it or something? <laughs> and my mom was like, no, it's not that. It's just, you know, the stories might upset you. And he's like, I'm going to read it. So in the meantime, he's after selling about 15 copies to his buddies. So there's a bunch of old men in their 70s in court reading my book. <laughs> so like my dad is oversharing my stories and I'm more than happy to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, I have absolutely no fear of anyone reading it. Um, but also I have kept my name um, private because uh, where I'm living in Berlin is very small. I yeah. mean, you know, we, we all... Uh, in circles and you end up bumping into people that you don't want to and like funnily enough today of all days uh i was in the post office i never go to the post office <laughs> but i was sending over promo posters to ireland and i walked in and who was there only one of the characters in my book the Jews oh my and i was like is it yourself alan fucking hell <laughs> like we didn't lock eyes i just yeah. swiftly walked past and i was like jesus christ if he only knew that i'm about to send off some posters about a book that he's mentioned in. <laughs> I just like ran out the door as soon as I like it. But yeah, so, you know, I don't mind oversharing. I, I want people to learn. It doesn't really bother me what people yeah. think about me. Look, at the end of the day, if anybody picks it up and reads something that resonates with them and it helps them discover something or get out of something, like being open and honest is I mean I even get nervous when my mom wants to listen to these episodes and it's not quite as severe as this but whenever I even like talk about my sex life or anything I'm, I try to say mom pause mom forward it's awkward 100% but you know that also brings us on to the topic of like not not just Ireland but everywhere like why are we so awkward about talking about sex you know and like yeah okay porn has made it very uncomfortable and it's getting worse porn I really have a problem with it and uh, the fact that it's not monitored and kids can go on it from any fucking age. And it's really also all over Instagram, which drives me insane. But, you know, all fucking here because two people have had sex, whether we like it or not. It sounds gross. You know, <laughs> we don't fucking talk about it. Yeah. And it's like something has to change there as well. It's over here. It's different. It's amazing. Over here, there are billboards with vibrators on it. They are openly <laughs> advertising um, erotic massages and I'm like yes why the fuck not you know what yeah. I mean but like yeah. we're still awkward about it in Ireland and I'm sure maybe it's getting better I know this um this girl Jenny Keane she's on Instagram yes. you know this yes I do pleasure legend I mean she's brilliant like you know yeah. what I mean and that's a new movement and that has to start happening everywhere um but how do, how do we get on about that topic there now oh, yeah, with awkwardness <laughs> of yeah, yeah. The, like your parents yeah. knowing about it yeah you know yeah. like I my mom about a year after the breakup with this guy, air quote Steve, mm. that he gave me chlamydia and she was raging. Her first yeah. thing was, 
why didn't you use the condom? And I was like, well, mother, I was supposed to be in a committed, trusting relationship. And actually, in fairness, that was the first time I'd actually had unprotected sex with anyone. And that that was a bit of pain in the ass. I mean, yeah, I mean, my parents are chill with that kind of stuff. They're open minded, but I'm sure there's plenty of parents that aren't, you know, and so I I feel like we might have similar aged folks. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also the baby in my family. So I feel like that's why I'm really (laughs) responding to you, Lulu. We feel quite similar. Um, And I definitely probably of my family, the most open and upfront about things. Um, Like some of them are like they're not. Like they're not, I wouldn't call them tight lipped, any of them are whatever, but I'm definitely probably the most open of the family in terms mm-hmm. of very open talk about things. And they'd be like, shh, that's a private family matter or whatever. And I'm just like, ah, whatever, who cares? Yeah, just just <laughs> but um, it, it, I think that's why I kind of maybe seeing things in you that, that totally resonate with me. Um, uh, but uh, I had a question there and it's completely gone. <laughs> My, my my noggin completely but um the other thing i was just thinking so when you were writing the book and obviously you've, you've changed names and I, I assume you might have altered some other elements mm-hmm. um did you have to get like okayed for that kind of stuff or can you just can you just write whatever and <laughs> just print yeah i i actually had to look that up and i asked um, a lawyer that i know and she was like no no you're grand once you just don't make very obvious like you know, I, I mean, everyone's hair color is different. Everyone's, you know, names are totally different. You know, a few of them might be described similar. I mean, to be honest, but I don't give a shit. I mean, anyone can, you know, wear a fucking Peaky Blinders cap and, and wear a nice shirt. This is how one guy has been described. I mean, like, yeah. But for the murder story, like, that's this is the main, uh, a second reason why I don't have my full name and why my picture isn't out there yeah. uh, is because he was an extremely violent, dangerous man. I look more into him. Like, I mean, I haven't even revealed all of like the full story in the book for fear that for whatever reason he might get his hands on it. I mean, he'd love the glory of it. Honestly, he told me on that date, he was like, he smiled at me and he was like, they made a documentary about me. And I'm I'm still looking for that documentary, like four years later, however long it was, Um, you know, but I don't need that kind of attention to be honest. Like there's just, I mean, I'm not going to become a millionaire from this I'm only doing it because it's a, to help people and it, and it's a project and I, I'm always going to finish something that I start you know yeah yeah I mean you've you've really been through the mill have you at least had some d- decent um, dates some nice guys give give us uh, some hope here <laughs> Lou. I'm trying to think now I mean like actually, I mean I've met nice guys don't get me wrong I mean I it, it's not been all bad and I mean I've turned them down as much as they've turned me down but um yeah. just recently so I've been on just two dates this year and I met one guy we got on really well it was really nice and you know a few friends are saying to me don't be telling lads now that you've written a book because it might turn them off you and they might think that you're just looking for new material yes. but we got on really well myself and this guy and I thought I feel like if I tell him he'll get it and yeah. so I told him so he said like oh what do you do in your spare time what are your hobbies and I said oh I like to write and he was mm. like what do you write about and I was like mm. <laughs> okay fine I wrote a book about dating in Berlin and he was like oh okay cool and he like you know high-fived me and like we were getting on really well after yeah. that and I was like cool I think he's like accepted me yeah. and so the next day I texted him being like hey we should meet each other again before you go on holidays and he responded being like oh sorry I don't have any time blah 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 and I was like mm, if you liked me enough mate you'd fucking make the time he was nice, but I think that turned him off me. And then just the week later, I met another lad from Brazil and I didn't tell him and he yeah. was interested. 
interested in me. But actually, I wasn't interested in him. I found him a bit weird, to be honest. But um, book two, save your material. <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? Fellas don't have to be afraid of dating me because I'm not. I'm not in the dating scene to write a fucking book. Yes. I don't want to have to have written this book. But as I said earlier, it's for frustration. And yeah. um yeah, so but with good dates, like honestly, it's been a while. Uh before like two this year, didn't date for six months, took a whole break. This yeah. time last year, I did meet three really nice guys separately, but yeah. I didn't become attractive. It didn't work out in the end. And like they were both really genuinely nice, but it just doesn't always work, you know. So yeah, no. nice fellas out there. I mean, I've got male friends, they're they're my best friends and they're they're great men, you know what I mean? But like yeah. we only write about, you know, the bullshit. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's 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 easier to write about the heartache than it is yeah. to be like, oh, he was my everything. And, you know, yeah. no one wants to hear that shit. No one <laughs> wants true. to know you're happy. <laughs> this is the same for the podcast. Like, we be there wouldn't be any podcast or stories about the bad dates. Like, when I was going out with my ex, uh, you know, Tom, before we broke up last year, like, the podcast was kind of weird because Nicola hadn't done that much dating and then I was in a relationship. And it's... Uh, it's difficult and then last year was strange because I was broken up with but I didn't want to touch a man with a 20 foot barge pole (laughs) then Nicola was going out and doing things and so you know you got some stories from that at least but like yeah I mean look there is no podcast there is no book there is no anything without (laughs) without the shitty stories and because you have to laugh at them you know I mean like yes my my book starts off a bit serious with the emotional uh, abusive relationship Mm -hmm. but there's laughter throughout the Irish humour is there throughout and like you know I make jokes of really like there's 60 I think 60 short stories yeah throughout the book just to break it all up I mean there's some fucking wonders out there like you know there's some screenshots as well Oh, the screenshots. My mom didn't read them, right? So it was really funny, actually, because I said, like, yeah, you've read the whole thing, have you? And she was like, yeah, yeah. She said, I couldn't read the screenshots. I didn't have my glasses on me. I was like, don't worry about it, mother. You're grand. You don't need to read them. It's fine. (laughs) You can you can avoid those ones. You've read the book. You, you can get the gist of what's in them, ma'am. I, tr- tr- I actually think they were the worst part. Like, I mean, you know, it's it's you don't want your fucking mother reading those. They're grimy, yeah. like, you know. But my dad read them and sure look, he's like, whatever, it's grand. So look, they have a book club now down the low yeah. with the lads. <laughs> Yours is the first. There's many more to come. <laughs> oh god. Uh, so, so you've released the book in October, mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. So are you, uh, did you do that off your own back? Like, did you pay for that yourself? I tell you, writing the book was easy. It's yeah. the self-publishing and now the self-promoting is exhausting. It is yeah. exhausting. I recommend anyone who wants to get a book out there to self-publish. It's great. I've done it through Amazon at the moment and it's been very easy with them. Of course, when you know what you're doing, it's easy. I had so much stress. The the day that I actually released the book, um, I told like my hundred um, people on my mailing list, go, go, buy it, buy it. And then a friend texts me. She said, Lulu, uh, you need to... Um, you, you've there's a there's a mistake in the back of the book. And I was like, fuck. And so like, I had to go pause everything, uh, message a hundred people, being like, don't buy the book. So there has been so many mistakes made along the way. But my god, if I brought out a second book, I'd get it done overnight. It's so easy, you know. But it's it's been really interesting. Like I mean, I've learned about you know all sides of self publishing now and about promotion and fucking Instagram, which is exhausting. Yeah. But, you know, it's grand. I mean, it keeps me busy. Do you know what I mean? I literally have no time anymore. And I also actually don't have time to date because I'm 
giving so much of myself to the book, which is great. Because you yeah. know what? It just it keeps me happy. And the, the feeling of accomplishment is great as well, like, you know? No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a similar vein in, in terms of the podcast in a way, because uh, me and Nicola both have, like, full-time jobs. The, mm-hmm. the podcast is not everything. We're not celebrities. We don't mm-hmm. have a you know, we're not influencers. We don't have a million followers. You know, any hits, clicks, everything we got is all generated by, by either ourselves or friends or the mouth or, you know, people we mm-hmm. have on top. And it's exhausting. It's really, really draining. And even like, like I said, I've had Tinder open one week and between work, podcasting, trying to Instagram, trying to TikTok, trying, trying to like get some traction. How do mothers do it? That's what I want to know. How do mothers just do anything? I mean, I take care of one cat in, in an apartment by myself and then I have all my extra work to do after my full-time job and I'm like, how do fucking mothers do it? I just don't I get it. I don't know, like, because, like, I came from a big family and I just still can't comprehend how my mother yeah. cleaned everyone's clothes and made dinners and cleaned the house every single yeah. second day. I can yeah. just about manage myself and the cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's good heroes, so they are. So basically, you're kind of not in the dating space at the moment. Do you think that will change or are you content kind of with it, how everything is at the moment? Oh, sure. I I mean, I'm very content. I have no interest in anyone right now. If someone comes along, that's grand. Um, but I mean, I, I, I go out a bit more like these days, just clubbing anyway. But actually, you know, when I'm out then, I kind of just don't have an interest in talking to anyone. I'd rather dance. Yes. You know? Yeah. That can happen. And yeah, no, no, happy out now, just not dealing with any of that crap. I've been through it enough. And but this is the beauty of it as well. Like there is no massive pressure, at least for me, to um to to be married, to have children. Uh to you know, I, I don't think I want a family, to be quite honest. Yeah. I'm quite happy. Like if I you know, I often think to myself, God, will I continue living this life now? Um, forevermore with my cat who I adore so much little Tig um, he's so cute but uh, you know I'm happy out I come home and I don't be on I'm, I'm not swiping anymore so at the moment yeah. to answer your question uh, I'm content I have real no real interest in dating but I'm open to I've, I'm always open to something like you know yeah and as you said you, so you, you, don't, you don't have a specific type you're saying just a humour kind of just someone who has some sort of emotional intelligence <laughs> yeah, which, you know, it's, it's it's getting harder and harder to find. But yeah, you know, as everyone just wants a decent person who will treat you nicely and who you're attracted to and can make you laugh is just vital. It really is. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. laugh me into bed. No problem, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the exact same. I'm literally the exact same. Um, well, look, if people want to pick up the book, is it Amazon? Is that where they can get it? They get on my website now as well. Um, so datinginberlinbook.com. And the link is there in the shop. To buy from me or to buy from Amazon. The ebook is also available on Amazon at the moment. And with any luck now, this year I'll be getting out my audiobook. Uh, we'll get the book on shelves at least in Berlin, if not further afield. And hopefully a fucking podcast as well. I yes. used to join this, you know, wave of podcasters, but like yes. it has to be done to be honest. Like so, but I'll do it with a friend. I'm not doing it by myself. It's too much work. Will you do will you do the do you do the audiobook yourself then? Will you be doing it in your Cork accent? Oh, I will. I'll be bringing out. <laughs> I I will because everyone said it to me. They're like, Lulu, you need to bring out like the audiobook, but you have to do it yourself. But it's a lot of work. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. not a trained voice actor, so it'll take. That'll be the most stressful part. But like, you know, I want everything done easily by summer. You know, yeah. so there'll be no dating for me in the meantime. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, look, fingers crossed you're also dating in Berlin on Instagram, aren't you as well? Yeah, dating yeah. in Berlin underscore book. Book, perfect. So if anybody wants to follow Lulu there as well, the book is great. It's brilliant. It's really poignant and related to a lot of the stuff and even just chatting today, I feel like I relate to you a lot. Um, If I'm ever in Berlin, I'm going to hit you up, Lulu, and we're going to go dancing because I too also have to go dancing. Um, But thank you so much for taking time out of your your, your day, especially on a Friday evening, uh, to, to chat to me and talk honestly and openly about your experiences. I, I do really, really appreciate it. And I hope the book sells very well. And I hope we see it in the shelves here in Ireland as well. Oh, you never know, Eason's uh, Christmas <laughs> one. <laughs> Is anybody from Eason's listening? So if anyone's from Eason's <laughs> listening, get in, t- get in touch. <laughs> Fucking make me rich. No I'm kidding. I'm not doing it for the money, by the way. This is not. A, I am making no money off this. I put the money in, but you don't earn money self-publishing anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah. So also thank you for having me because it's 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 difficult to self-promote and it's also lovely to just speak to Irish people. It's great crack. Yeah. We're here. Any time, any time <laughs> at all. Um, but thank you so much, Lulu. I'm looking forward to hear the audiobook and podcast whenever it comes out we'll definitely promote it and share it on our Instagram um, thanks everyone to, for listening today um, we should be back in a fortnight's time with me and Nicola I hope if she can get some Wi-Fi because I believe she has some stories to tell uh, about her dating experiences abroad and I've got some Tinder updates so that will be next time until then thanks again Lulu so much I hope everyone has a great weekend and we'll talk to you the next time <laughs>